1: What is up, homies? Back again. If you're subscribed to the Outkick of Bets podcast, you're probably getting a few different podcast episodes in your feed. That was to be planned, though, or that was expected at least or uh, by me. I probably should have alerted you guys on Twitter, but uh, the NFL Week 16 breakdown with the homie Dan Z just hit the feed, and now I'm here with fellow OutKick Handicapper David Troy to break down the NBA Christmas slate. Excited to have you back. David, this is the second time we've talked hoops, right?
2: Uh, Yeah, I think so. We did a Western Conference preview, I think.
1: Yeah, right, right, right. We I've had you on a couple times to break down the NFL uh, yep. an NFL weekly slate, but uh, basketball is more, I think more of your bread and butter. It's definitely more of my bread and butter. Um, won't speak for you, but it has been an absolute nightmare start to the season. I, I struggled in the beginning of last year though and turned it on um, when after new year. So I'm hoping the same thing happens. Um, I've been, I've been very successful in the NBA for like five, six straight years now. I'm getting humbled. These markets are strong. However, I'm I'm still very very confident. I'm going to turn this shit around, and I'm hopefully I'm I I can I can make us some some money in college or in on Christmas because Christmas I usually do well. Um, that's when I really kind of turned around last season. So excited to talk to you about these games. Um, do you want to talk a little bit about your NBA seasons thus far? Or do you just want to breeze through that?
2: No, it's fine. I mean, um, so this season has not been going as well as last year's did, but it's okay. Each year is a little different and has a different flavor to it, um, you know, but you you work through it and you just try and end up profitable. That's really what I am always trying to do. Um, you know, my my season is always a little weird because I, I do the picks for beatingthebookie.com for NBA. And so, you know, I have clients that I'm trying to and I'll be honest with you anybody who's had a losing record with me this year I've just extended uh, their package because I don't want to give people losing records and I don't want people to lose units or any of that stuff Um, it's going to happen occasionally you know people go through slumps or you just get bad luck there was one week where it didn't matter what I did I went off data I went off you know different thoughts feelings went off travel rest everything I mean the research is there and the the picks. I support them all so far this season. There have been maybe maybe a handful of the picks that I've had that uh, I wish I could take back, but most of them, man, like, they've been on stuff that has worked for me for years, and for whatever reason, this year just seems it seems like everything is just kind of hitting the fan all at once. You know, you get injury report manipulation, you get um, teams that are, like, coming out of nowhere like Utah for the first couple weeks of the season, fine, not, you know, whatever that's adjusted a little bit. Um but overall it's just it's been a little bit different. I'm sure it's gonna be fine long term, but uh I'm hoping Christmas marks marks a good turnaround point in the season for me.
1: Well, I I'm confident it will, at least for me. I did a lot of homework yeah. on this slate. I'm pretty excited. I got five picks in four of the games. Uh the last one, I'm more of a lean, but if I'm hot, I'm definitely gonna gonna make a bet in that final game, which is the Suns nuggets. Obviously we'll talk about that Alas, um, but let's get into the breakdowns of these games. First one, I believe, is a noon tip-off. Yeah, noon Eastern Standard Time. Philadelphia 76ers, minus 2, minus 115 at the New York Knicks. The over-under is 219.5. Actually, one of my best friends, um, college buddy who also lives in Southern California, is coming through for uh for Christmas and he have I'm a Knicks fan and he happens to be a 76ers fan so get started early with some little Christmas beef uh Christmas Ooh. basketball beef but I'm I'm actually making a play that both of us should be able to get behind and it, it isn't just because I don't want to get in like some weird back and forth with a homie but I'm taking the over in this game you know I think both of us can root for points and I think we're both going to get points so I'm going over 219.5 in the Sixers Knicks game. Um Philly's been low-key a, a sleeping giant over the last two weeks. Six and oh straight off. Five one against the number. And Bede's going nuts in December. Like, he's got he's averaging 35, 10, and 4 on 66% true shooting. He's got a plus twenty-one net rating. Philly's averaging 119 points per game in December. So their 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 offense is clicking, their defense is clicking as well, and so is the Knicks defense. Uh, in fact, the Knicks have been playing really well lately, just had an 8-game winning streak. Uh snapped and a big reason they were winning those games was because of the defense. So, um that's definitely the counter argument for the over here is both teams have good defenses. Uh but Philly is 5 and 0 to the over as road favorites this year. They got a plus 17. Um, over-under margin in those games. They're allowing the Sixers five more points per game on the road. Uh, They do score 1.6 less points per game on the road. The Knicks, 9-7 and to the over at home uh, with a plus 4.6 over-under differential in those spots. Um, In home games, the New York Knicks games are combining for 229 points per game uh, on an average total of 224.7 and on road games they're 229 or 222 points 0. .9 points per game excuse me on a 226.5 average total so these teams both play to the over in their respective home road splits here they each um, are very aggressive in attacking the basket and getting to the foul line they both have a top 10 offensive free throw rate and their first Knicks, uh, Sixers game earlier this year had a pace of 103 possessions per 48. Uh, 100, excuse me, whatever, 103 pace. I'm confused on exactly how to spell it out, but you know what I'm saying. 103 pace, which would be number one in the NBA if that was over the course of a season. It went under a 221-point total by 11 points combined for 210, but... The Sixers are m- missing both Embiid and Harden, both of which should be in the lineup. So starting out, I think, with a fun bet that everyone can get excited about, but I'm going over 219.5 Sixers-Knicks. No player props. I know you like player props. I know you you actually do better and deeper um, dives into these NBA games, but w- what are you looking at here in the Sixers-Knicks games?
2: Yeah, so, I mean, I can actually start with what I'm looking for. The player prop market isn't actually out, and I will – say up front I haven't bet on any of these games yet um I refuse to bet on games this far in advance only because you never know what's going to happen in terms of injuries and who's going to mysteriously get COVID-19 or some sort of gastrointestinal illness like uh Jimmy Butler did the other night after not having anything on the um injury report all day long that kind of stuff like so
1: dude so my theory on that stuff some of these super athletes like not even super athletes, some of these athletes like Derek Rose or like Lamar Odom, like Derek Rose missed a college basketball game. Cause he ate too many gummy bears. Like as stupid yeah. as it sounds like yeah. Jimmy Butler might've ate too much candy.
2: Yeah, that's possible. Yeah. I mean, I, I, uh, I follow Jimmy Butler on Instagram and he posts more coffee than any person I've ever seen in my entire life. <laughs> so, so yeah, maybe just, just a like caffeine, overdose. caffeine constantly. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I, you know, like I said, the pre, the player prop market isn't out yet for all these games. Um, but the first person I was looking towards was Embiid. Embiid's having a good year already. Um, I know he's, you know, talk of being potential MVP, all that stuff. You know, it's early, but he's averaging 32.5 points already, almost 10 rebounds and or 4.7 assists on the season. If he comes out anywhere near 28, 29, I probably will fire on the over for him. Um, if it's 27 I will definitely take it uh, because over his last um, five games against the knicks he scored exactly 27 uh three times scored 37 once and then 14 another game um, i I like him I don't know who on the knicks will necessarily be able to stop him Mitchell robinson's a pretty good defender but he can get in foul trouble pretty quick and Absolutely. everything in everything in Philadelphia goes through Embiid, So, you know, he'd be the first person I'd be looking for in terms of the um, points, maybe rebounds, assists, that kind of thing. Uh, I'm, I'm guessing it's going to come out closer to the 30. And at that point, I, I think I'll probably lay off. Um, only because I, I feel like you're, you're not getting much room for error here. I do kind of side with you about the over. I think it's probably a good spot. You mentioned the first game they played right uh, earlier this season. They had uh, 210 total points in that game, um, but it was, I mean, the, the first quarter had 43 points, which is really low for an NBA game now. So,
1: Yeah, I think there was, out of the eight quarters played between both teams combined, I think four of them had at least 30 points.
2: Uh, so I'm, I'm looking at the box score now. So the second they both scored over 30, the third – Philly scored over 30 or scored 30. And then in the fourth, the Knicks scored 32. So you're basically talking about for the first quarter, they both played defense. The second, they both didn't play any defense. The third, Philly played defense. And then the fourth, the Knicks played defense. So it's not consistent, is basically what I'm saying. So, um, you know, c- can you say that for sure neither one of them are going to play defense? No. But you also can't say for sure that they're not going to play offense. I would trust their offense better now. Uh, especially because you got two teams that are pretty hot right now. Um, They're both playing really well. one concern I have on both sides of this, I don't typically like to um, play some of these teams that are on the verge of leaving or on, on their first game on the road after being at home. I like, I like looking for spots where people are in the gym for the second time in a row so Philly being at home for the second game is kind of what I like to look at because now you got the same environment. You're starting to look at the same kind of things. You you get your um, you know w- when you're shooting if you play basketball, the background for what you're shooting at is different no matter what stadium you're in. Yeah, so if you're used in the to same, the same line, lines. yeah, I mean everything out there is going to help you a little bit more. So I do tend to like that a little bit better. Um, but now you also have the Knicks who are going to be playing on Christmas and also realizing like, okay, well, I got a game right now. It's the early game on Christmas. And then I'm going to have to go home, maybe celebrate Christmas with my family. And then I got to be back on the road to go to Dallas in a couple of days. I don't think their focus is going to be there. Um, Philly left or is leaving and then is going on another road game. So I actually kind of prefer them. Philly's not too far from New York either. So they may even be able to get back home. Um, I, I, I do lean towards Philly minus the two right now. That's probably the direction I would head towards. Um, but right now, again, I need to wait until the actual day of. If I had to pick somebody to win this game, it'd be Philadelphia. I'd take them minus two. Um, but I will say home dogs this year have, have hit at a pretty alarming rate. And that's starting to slow down a little bit. But they're, uh, they're doing much better this year than they have in the past. So... Yeah, it's it should be a close game. But
1: so I kind of notice a theme when I'm like reverse engineering my own betting slip, where and I'm doing this more where I'm just betting home teams. I'm not even trying Mm -hmm. to fight it. Like I think last year home court didn't mean as much. 2020 effectively meant nothing with the 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 empty stadiums or empty arenas for the most part. But we've seen it make a difference uh, this year. So. Um, there's yeah. there's a lot of like home road analysis for my handicaps. Um, right now, the Seventy Sixers minus one thirty five in the money line. Their minus two is minus one fifteen. If I had to play any which way, like I'm definitely taking the Sixers as a Knicks fan. They they Joel Embiid owns us. I think I think he was like thirteen zero at one point. Like he just he that was shit on us. The polls.
2: For sure, that's what his record was against the Bulls. I mean, I don't think he's ever lost to Chicago.
1: Yeah, yeah, being yeah. a
2: Chicago yeah. guy, like, it, it's disgusting. Like, he, he, like, comes back from injury just to play us.
1: <laughs> yeah, crazy. he has, like, a few weird vendettas. Like, he hates Carl Anthony Towns, so he busts Minnesota's ass, like, once a year or twice yeah. a year, and he just, like, just owns the Knicks. And that's kind of part of my thing. It's like, you said it could be a look-ahead spot, but, like, to me, this is the only, well, this is one of like two or three regular season games that actually matter. Like, it's Christmas, right? Like, they, I, that's my one thing is that I, I think every team comes, comes looking to play here, ready to go, amped up. Like, hey, we're, we're showcasing the sport here. It's NBA Christmas. So, and obviously, like, that's even heightened, like, in the world's most famous arena. Like, you know, Embiid and hard and want to put on a show there and Julius Randle and Jalen especially Jalen Brunson, playing his first home game as a Nick, like they're gonna they're gonna be amped so I think there's gonna be aggression on both sides like I see I think we could see a lot of free throws between the two teams and um if this gets into like a foul situation like it did last night with the six or, or the Knicks Raptors which had no business going over but it went over because of just fouls and stuff that's that also kind of goes into my handicap, but I kind of obviously cutting you off. Um, what, what is your uh, official looks in these games?
2: So I, game I'd be again? waiting for yeah, I'd be waiting for uh, Embiid's props to come out to look into that. But um, if I had to play something right now, I would take the uh, the Seventy Sixers minus the two. Um, and just do you follow uh, Jonathan Von Von Topple at all? You know who that is. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah well, he follows me and. I know who he is. Yeah, JVT from from vison He good good yeah. NBA handicapper.
2: Yeah, really good. He uh he was tweeting about something last night too about the home teams. Um, that it actually caught my eye this morning. Uh, having an average of four point net rating, plus four points in non garbage time at home. So, basically, when the game matters, they're actually playing better at home, which is. I mean, four points is a pretty big deal in the NBA.
1: Are you saying the league so, or a specific team?
2: No, that's the that's the league average. Yeah, is the whole so, team is playing that much better at home? And I know I'm going against that by what I'm saying of taking Philly. I don't think it's a great spot for New York, but and I don't think it's a great matchup either.
1: Yeah, I think this spot, if it were, it would be better for the Knicks if it was just any other. Day besides Christmas, that's that's my theory. Yeah. I know that kind of you you know fully subscribe to that belief, but so is JVT and over the market pretty much saying that home home courts worth three three and a half four in some spots.
2: So I think what it's saying is more that this year in general teams are just playing way better at home. Yeah, um, he did have a follow up tweet to it that said like that it's kind of adjusted a little bit. Hmm. Um, but at least for the first like, you know, month, month and a half, the home teams and you, you could see it a lot. The home dogs were either winning or covering on, I think it was like 60% of the time. It was crazy.
1: Yeah. I can pull it up.
2: See some of this stuff, but um, yeah, a, again, I, you know, the, I don't remember why that point originally got brought up, but uh, this particular game, I, I would take the road team. I think in the first game on the road, uh, they should have similar rests. I always look at the rest spots. I mean, they're, they're both going to be off Christmas Eve because it's the way the NBA does it. Um, but so the 76ers will be playing tomorrow. Yeah, they play tomorrow at home, the 23rd. And then the uh, the Knicks also play tomorrow at home against the Bulls. They're both off, and then the 25th. I, I do. I like the 76ers here. I mean, I think they they have a sl- very slight rest advantage. Again, they're going to be starting a road trip. De- uh, New York is also starting a road trip. Um, yeah, I there's not much that's pointing in in the direction of thinking the Knicks are going to win this game.
1: <laughs> no, no, I, just, I hear you. I don't see it. <laughs> <laughs> no, as a Knicks fan, I get I cannot get what you're saying. Yeah. Home dogs this year. Uh, Cashing at a fifty-eight percent rate, ninety-four, sixty-eight, and six against the spread. Yeah, that's uh, to your earlier point, home team, home favorites, home teams in general, fifty-three percent against the spread, so profitable. Yep. yep. Uh, next game uh, matchup between Luka Doncic and LeBron James. Dallas Mavericks host the Los Angeles Lakers. Right now, the line is Lakers getting seven and a half points over under is 225 and a half um i'll let you go first here do you do you have a play in this game or or how are you sizing this one up so
2: i don't i i wouldn't say i really have a play in this game um if you think dallas is going to win and cover it's probably going to be an under if you think the lakers are going to make a game of it it'll probably be an over uh that that's about the only thing i would say about it Luca props are probably also in play here the Lakers don't really have anybody who's going to stop him. What are they going to do? Put Patrick Beverly's little ass on him. I doubt it. Um, LeBron's not going to be in there. And LeBron, I think it, if I, if I recall correctly, he actually hates the fact that he plays on Christmas day. Like, I don't think he actually enjoys it. Like, but that guy also, you know, has been publicized more than anybody since Michael Jordan. So he doesn't need the the extra like motivation or reason Um to, to go out there and play well. They lost on Christmas last year, I believe, at home to the Nets, if I recall
1: correctly. Um, yeah, I think it was a James Harden game. Kyrie Irving yeah, and Kevin, went, Dur- Kevin Durant yeah, were out.
2: Harden went nuts in the game. But uh, I don't know. To me, the, the line is at 7.5. It seems probably like the right line. Uh, 225 for a Mavs game is pretty high, though. Um, And it's only probably because they're playing the Lakers who play at a really fast pace. Um, I, I personally probably end up staying off this one. Um, If I was forced to maybe put a play on something, it might be Lakers first half spread. They've been better in the first half than they have in the second. Um, Been better at just keeping the games close and they kind of fade away. I mean, they uh, they were embarrassed last night by the, the Kings And that was a game that they probably could have kept a lot closer than it actually was. So, eh, you know, I I don't see that necessarily being a great spot for them uh, either. And if you want to kind of talk about it a little bit, I'll look and double check any kind of uh, player prop things Mm -hmm. that stand up while we're talking or while you're talking.
1: So I I, I disagree with you in the sense that I, I guess I actually never heard LeBron's comments about about Christmas I don't really know what you're talking about but I think now that he's in the final stretch of his career you would you would think right I I don't know what happens with his kid and if he ends up playing with him but like he's definitely chasing the Kareem Abdul-Jabbar scoring record and for as badly as the Lakers have been or have played like his numbers have been good right it's 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 phony numbers. It's Bradley Beal. It's Zach Levine and the, the, the Timberwolves. You know what I mean? It's bullshit numbers. But I do think LeBron puts on a show, and I think Luka Doncic puts up, puts on a show. And I think Luka is like the Eastern European LeBron, and I think LeBron respects Luka, really likes him, but doesn't want him to show. Doesn't want him to outplay him. So I think we're gonna get a motivated LeBron which has been an issue the entire year. Um, but going back to like your earlier point about the Kings, I think they gave up 134 points to the Kings. They're allowing 120 points per game the Lakers are on the road this year. this month they're eight and three to the over with a plus 9.8 over under margin on an average total of 32 uh, 232 excuse me so this is six and a half points shorter. Uh, I think we are getting a little value Dallas is ten and sixty over as home favorites AD's absence impacts the Lakers epically especially with how he's playing you can it's make like an argument you can make an argument on which it impacts more I think in this case it's the defense right like they can get points with a freak Westbrook Knight or just a uh, Westbrook with high usage night, they can get points out of at a, at a LeBron, like, you know, anyone in the NBA can get hot from three, but they don't have a defensive anchor with AV off the floor, right? I, again, you can make an argument. The offense matter is, is, is as negatively impacted, right? So that's not a huge angle here. Both teams play a ton of ISO ball and Neither team have good defensive efficiency in isolation. Both teams have a top 10 uh, shot selection according to cleaningtheglass.com. Lakers average the third most field goals at the rim. Dallas doesn't have a great paint defense. Their defensive bigs aren't that good. Christian Wood is a decent shot blocker, but like not a good defender. There is a difference there. And oh, yeah. Dallas attempts the most corner threes and the most three-pointers in the league, and LA's defensive three point percentage actually isn't bad, but their defense is terrible. They're again, they're fourteen and eight to the over as underdogs. So um, you're saying if LA covers, that's probably going to go over. I, I don't actually think they they cover just because, like we saw with the Kings Lakers last night, which was I was actually on the right side of. I picked the Kings you can just – the game's just snowball on the against against the Lakers. Like, you kind of – I think the Kings had like 20 – under 25 first half points. Actually, I'll pull it up now. Uh, first quarter points, excuse me, and then scored like 35 plus the next three quarters. I'm, I'm kind of talking out of my ass. Let me pull it up right now. They scored 20 – they scored 25 in the first, 41 in the second, 40 in the third. And that's kind of how the Lakers – That's how it goes for them, right? They just, games go, like, just go sideways on them. So, like, they might be able to keep it close for a while, but then it's like, you kind of blink and say, oh, shit, the Mavericks have 125. So, that's kind of how I see it playing. I don't like a side, but I, you know, it's square going over in primetime games, but my first two looks and the first two Christmas games are overs and feel strong about my analysis. We'll see.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I don't hate what you're saying at all. Um, I probably will not touch a total on this one. If I had to play again, I would also take Dallas at home. I don't think uh, the Lakers are that good without AD. Um, they they lose way too much, and I'm not saying that, you know, they aren't capable of winning without him. Of course they are, but um, you, know, you, you take away who probably is your best player, even you know, with the aging LeBron. It's oh, kind of like sure. taking – Luca away from dallas I mean, what, you know everything just changes a little bit so i don't know um i did end up finding the quote that i was thinking about uh so lebron when he was on the heat said something along the lines of like we say it's good for the fans but the fans can see us any day any day of the year so he doesn't care for it like playing on christmas that's what he said
1: sure but a lot changed but, because apparently the fans yeah. can't see them any day of the year because <laughs> yeah. there's a lot of load management <laughs> Yeah, tell me about it. And I do think um, he'll get, like, the Christmas spirit at his old age. Like, hey, I only got, like, how many of these left in, in the tank? Like, F yeah. it. Let's go. Let's put on a show here.
2: His teams are, like, I don't know, 10 and 6 or something, too, uh, on Christmas Day games. So it's not like he's he plays bad. But his his scoring is down on Christmas Day games in comparison to uh, everything else. But he's also usually playing a better team. So I, I don't know what to make of it. I guess it doesn't much matter. Um I will say when props are posted, look, in, look for Spencer Dinwiddie's props. I would say if it's plus money at over two and a half, say for threes, say that that might be worthwhile to take. Um, Lakers are giving up a lot of threes to the opposing um, uh, shooting guard. Uh, Dinwiddie, though, he does not average. Um, as many three-pointers made at home as he does on the road, which I find kind of interesting. He still shoots about the same amount. He shoots six six and a half attempts almost every game, but at home he only makes two and a half. On the road, he makes three three point two. So um, he's somebody that I would probably consider with uh, with three pointers this this game if it's available. Um, again, if it's one and a half and it's reasonable juice, definitely take it. Two and a half at plus money might be worthwhile just for a little sprinkle or something.
1: What do we think um, one and a half minus one forty max? Minus one thirty max? Yeah,
2: yeah, I usually won't play almost anything over one thirty five or one forty. Okay. Um unless it's like there's a the, you know, there's very specific situations, but I just think you can't be very sustainable if you're if you're playing really high juice too often. So
1: Great. Yeah, uh, yeah, you need a much higher win rate to end up yeah. plus in the ROI. Yep.
2: So I I avoid those. Um, And then uh, the Lakers are also really bad against point guards in general. So I would say go for that. Um, They don't, the Dallas doesn't really have a center. Unfortunately, (laughs) for the Lakers, they don't really have a center right now either. But uh, if it's who is it, Bryant or maybe Wayne Wayne Gabriel or somebody, you can look at them for maybe rebound props if you're looking for somebody who's going to get over their total so just a few looks right now it's really hard to kind of say like what what's a good play versus what's a bad play when there's no actual line out there but uh yeah yeah take a look at the averages just kind of see like you know where where it's at um for their normal game and just know okay the center position for the lakers has a good chance to get rebounds shooting guard and point guard position for the late for the mavericks have a chance to go over their totals So Dinwiddie and Doncic.
1: Yeah. I think since both teams are – I feel better about the over – considering your point about, like, it's true. Both teams lack an interior presence.
2: Yeah.
1: Right? Like, why – what's scaring you from the paint if you're going against the Lakers? And nothing scares Russell Westbrook. That fool is attacking the basketball. You know what I mean? Uh, The last thing about – Dude – this I I am one of the few Russell Westbrook fans in the entire world. Um, I know I understand his limitations. I'm not a moron. It, if you do, you like him usually. What What do you
2: mean? If you If you understand what he's good at and what he's bad at, then yeah. you usually have respect for him and you like him.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. And it it actually pisses me off that Darvin Ham starts Patrick Beverly over him. Like, it it really pissed me off. I'll listen to he's not a fit with LeBron and AD get him off the bench against second units where he just crushes them, and he's going to crush them in the regular season. Like, all right, I'll listen to that. But, like, with AD and even LeBron on the lineup, they're still having him back up Patrick Beverly. And I know this is just simple logic, and this is fanboy shit. It is so fucking disrespectful to have him back up Pat Beverly. There is never... Ever been a time in either one of their lives where Patrick Beverly was better at basketball than Russell Westbrook? Never. Also, they Patrick Beverly is given this this uh, he's got this reputation as like one of the best defensive guards in the league, and for X amount of years, there's a bit of truth to that. Now I'm not even sure, and it doesn't matter. This guy shoots 32% from the field. There is no fucking guard in the NBA that is good enough at defense to offset thirty-two percent shooting in today's NBA. None. Not a not a single guard. And it's like this the idea, well, Patrick Beverly's got a better shot than Russell Westbrook. Well, it actually goes in far less. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know how he's got a better shot. I don't I don't know.
2: Yeah. No, I, I mean it's the shot selections. Plus everybody's made all those stupid like Know, clips of Westbrook shooting off basically the side of the backboard when he's which trying are to hilarious. The even as a yeah, Westbrook fan
1: it's hilarious
2: yeah but that I mean that's the, all the basketball a lot of people watch and that's why you know there's so many bad opinions out there is because people watch 30 second clips and think that they know what they're talking about I've literally watched probably 60 percent of every game uh that's that's happened this season which is a ton of basketball to be watching and Westbrook is a better player he is a better fit on the Lakers this year. I think he's more comfortable, but I, you know, I, I do like him coming off the bench because of the reason you said he can destroy the second units on most teams. They do have him playing later in some of the games, but if you watched him in just the Celtics versus Lakers game, when the Celtics were uh, over there, Westbrook was a difference maker for the Lakers. For sure. He played really good defense. He stole the ball a few times, got good fast breaks. Um, he wasn't taking wild shots. He wasn't taking stupid shots. I and mean, if he, if he plays in this role that he's been doing he's fine and he's a he's a good piece for their team. Yeah. Will they make it to the playoffs without AD? Uh, I kind of doubt it. But. No.
1: I mean two things no. could be true at one time, right? Like Russell yeah. Westbrook can be a first ballot hall of famer, former MVP and a bad fit for this Lakers team. Like yeah. I'm a Westbrook fan, the Lakers were morons for trading Kyle Kuzma and KCP. And maybe someone else or Russell Westbrook. Because, like, basketball is not that complicated. You need glue guys. You need people to do little shit. And Russell Westbrook doesn't get paid to do little shit. He gets paid to be on the ball and do big Mm -hmm. shit. You know what I mean? It's just, like, it's kind of common sense. But, like, why I kind of – why I criticize LeBron for it, and we're kind of getting into the weeds here, but why I criticize LeBron for it, it's like, well – everyone knows Rob Palenka emailed you first or messaged you first. Do you want this trade? Everyone knows you green lit it. And because you're the greater player with more versatility in his game, no one's arguing that it's got to be on you to ingratiate Westbrook into your team and find a way for him to fit. And it's just like Frank Vogel got fired because you weren't down to like blend it in. Now Darwin ham is, I think literally disrespecting Russell Westbrook to make it work for LeBron. It's just like, well, LeBron, you can move off the ball too, right? Like you don't have to pass it and then go stand 40 feet away from the basket and watch people play four on five, right? Like, I don't know. It, this is turning into like PTI talking about Russell Westbrook and, and, and LeBron. I just I, – I don't talk basketball with a lot of people that are really informed even though I care a lot about it. I, mm-hmm. I got homies, but – It's just kind of good vocally bouncing this off you because it pisses me off. It's like, yeah, I agree. Like, wait a second. Wait a second. Wait a second. This motherfucker's backing up Pat Beverly shooting 32%. Like, and everyone's like, oh, Darvin Ham, the way he's managing. Russell Westbrook's really good. I don't know. Why don't you fucking start him and have him play well? Well, That would be, that'd be even better, I think. (laughs) Yep.
0: All right. Let's go to the. I'm uh, with you. What's up, everyone? It's Nick Wright, and I got something exciting to talk to you about today. Angie.
1: Um, especially, or yeah, this Sunday, uh, Christmas, the Christmas uh, NBA slate, especially because Steph Curry is out injured, but a rematch, uh, I think the second round Eastern conference playoffs between the Milwaukee Bucks visiting the Boston Celtics, the Boston Celtics are four point favorites, started off as the best team in the league have cooled off here in the month of December, which is definitely something you'll hear me talk about a little bit more in my analysis. Uh, again, Celtics four-point favorites, minus 165 on the money line, so you can bet uh, the Bucks at plus 140 to win outright. I'm sprinkling on the Bucks money line. I'm taking the plus four. Um, I'm a little I'm not sure if Middleton's going to play. Him and Marcus Smart's availability seem to be kind of up in the air. So, I'm just going to say they're both in, because I think they both have equal importance to their teams, right? So, if One's not in, and one—if they're both not in, then I think it's a wash. And if they're both in, then you have both teams at full strength. And I've just firmly believed this since last year. The Bucs at full strength are better than the Celtics at full strength. Like, Mm -hmm. that that series, what went seven went down to the wire, Giannis played about as well as he could. And the reason they lost is because they didn't have another half-court offensive player that can create his own look in crunch time, i.e. Chris Middleton. So, I think all things equal, the Bucks are a better team. You're getting 4 points against a, a Boston team that's they're regressing a little bit. I don't think it really it, it doesn't say much about them and their future. Like I think the the, the Celtics are uh, obviously an NBA contender and I think they're going to write the ship, but there is obvious growing pains in working Robert Williams back in a the lineup. They I think he came off the bench yesterday, which is weird, right? They had Peyton Pritchard starting instead of Malcolm Brogdon, which doesn't make any sense. But I think, like with injuries, with with the Boston sliding a little bit, the new coach is trying to figure shit out, and you know the Celtics just aren't playing as well lately. And 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 the Bucks defensively are one of the best teams in the league. Brook Lopez is the favorite to win Defensive Player of the Year. Giannis. He's the most versatile defender probably in NBA history. The guy can guard one through five. Um and it's there's not much analysis here. I just think the the Bucks are a better team if at full strength. So that's where I'm at here.
2: Yeah. So I, I have a few different looks in this one. Um I do think the Bucs the Bucks are probably the right side, in in my opinion. Um I I'm with you. I would probably take the money line for that one. And I know you said sprinkle the money line and take the points. I don't think the points are going to be much matter unless I think that if uh, th- this game will probably be whoever wins won't need, need the points either way, I think.
1: You're probably this, right, this but my guess. my brain is just like, I go, I default to simple logic where it's like, it's hard to score points in professional sports. So if you're giving me, I should take them. Like if you're giving yeah. me points, I should take them.
2: I get that. Yeah. Um, so I, I guess. A few things. Uh, last year, this game also happened. This is, I think, the only one on the slate that has actually
1: Christmas rematch.
2: Yeah, yeah. I, so the Bucks won last year, 117, 113 um, And I thought the Celtics were going to win that one on the road, but they didn't. Obviously, the Bucks won.
1: Did they cover? Um,
2: it? <sighs> shit, I
1: don't. I'll, I'll I'll pull it up now. Keep going. I'm sorry. Okay. No, you're good. Um.
2: So a- anyways, um, I like the Bucks in this for a few reasons. I do agree. You need Middleton in there. If Middleton's not in there, I'm not playing. And the Bucks lately have not been playing very well, but neither have the Celtics. Like we were just talking about, I think the Celtics have lost five of their last six games. And three of those games were to Orlando and Indiana at home. They've lost all three on their home stands since they've been back. Um, you know that that's not just a we're tired from West Coast. That's like our focus is not there anymore. Yeah. So maybe this is a get right game. I want to see how they play against Minnesota tomorrow. If they if they come out and they you know just beat the crap out of Minnesota, I think maybe this changes my opinion a little bit. Um, Milwaukee has to play in Brooklyn, so they'll probably go to Brooklyn, then spend Christmas Eve in, in Boston, and then play in boston on sunday um but if, if you've been watching milwaukee's travel lately it's it's been awful like they'll go home for a game then on the road for a game then back home then on the road then back home and just traveling all over the place so that's the biggest concern i have for them is this is still a really strange spot even though they you know after this game they'll get a nice little break um they actually won't be playing again until the 28th So they can spend as much energy on this game as they want. Whereas Boston will be playing again at home on Tuesday and it's Houston. So again, not a game that they're going to really have to look forward to or or worry too much about. But uh, I do think that Milwaukee has the edge of Middleton plays, just like you said. Um, Smart has been important for Boston, but I don't think he's as important as, as Middleton playing for Milwaukee. Um, I, I think there's two other kind of thoughts that I have right now. Uh, if the Bucks are getting points in the first quarter, I will take them. Um, Bucks on the road for the season are eight and five in the first quarter. Celtics are seven and nine in the first quarter at home. Uh, that's even worse over their last five. The Celtics are zero and five in the first quarter against the spread over their last five games at home. And you know the Bucks are just two and three in that same stretch on the road. Uh, one of those games came against uh, Memphis where Memphis is crazy. Get at home and blew them out like right away. It was, I mean, that game was no contest whatsoever. Um, and then who did they just play that they just lost to yesterday? Cleveland and Cleveland, I believe beat them in the first quarter yesterday, but I'd have to double check that.
1: I think that was a wire to wire win, right? Yeah, Close I, to I, it. I think so. Yeah. Um, we both were looking at the bucks yesterday and I think we both yeah. were like, eh, it feels yeah. too square.
2: Yeah. I stayed off yeah. like, I can't do it um, but yeah so that would be one look I'd have the other one is uh either the the uh, Celtics first half team total which will probably be somewhere around 60 um, they've been hitting that at a crazy rate in the first half this season um, so I'd probably take the over on that or I would take um, the over for the game uh, hmm. you know Boston wants to get out and they want to run. Now, I will say, if I know you just to kind of,
1: ooh. Yeah, I, I got a stocking this. stuffer bet.
2: Yeah. yeah, so this is, this is one of those things, though, where if Milwaukee does win the game, and I do believe they do, I don't know how the game necessarily goes over because they have arguably a better defense than, than Boston does right now. Um, Boston wants to get out and run. They're comfortable at home. They just have looked so bad. That's the only thing that's holding me back on some of this stuff is because they haven't looked like the Boston that we knew before they played Golden State. I mean, they went over to the Warriors, and everybody thought that they were just going to murder them because they lost in the finals. Well, Milwaukee lost to the Bucks in, in uh, the playoffs last year, or <laughs> Milwaukee lost to Boston in the playoffs last year, so this is a revenge game for them too. So there is you know that extra motiv- motivation and everything, but when the Celtics lost to the Warriors – they haven't looked the same since. So kind of talking uh, myself in and out of some of these plays, but again, that's part of the problem with these games being a few days in advance. I if I had to bet it today, I would be taking the bucks for sure. As long as Middleton was in. Come two days from now, I could be on the Celtics and say, Nope, this is not a good spot for them. They've been traveling, they look bad, they spent too much energy against the Nets. They you know, there could be a million different factors. I will say my my most confident thing so far would be Boston's team total over 60, 60 and a half, 61 and a half in the first half. And then um, Milwaukee first quarter getting whatever it would probably be. It'll probably be a point at this point. So I'd probably take, take the one point in that one.
1: Gotcha. Uh, Last year on Christmas, the Celtics covered a seven and a half point dogs and a 117, 113 loss total cash by nine points. Total is two twenty one. The under or the total in this game is two twenty three. I'm gonna put a half unit bet on the under is like a little stocking stuffer bet. I'll include that in my write up for outkick uh today or tomorrow. And um Is that
2: is that because you think Milwaukee's gonna win or what?
1: No, it's – I mean, oh, sorry, over the last two weeks, according to com. Boston is dead last in offensive rating. Milwaukee's 26 in offensive rating. Mm-hmm. Um, that, but I think part of it is with, like, these teams don't really practice anymore, and Boston's gotten people in and out of the lineup, including Jason, uh, J- um, Jason Tatum, working Robert Williams back in, Marcus Smart. So it's just, like, maybe a lack of continuity added with, like, more game film on what's going on, Right. Um yeah. added with like the B- Boston's crushing team. So like they're getting motivated opponents every single night, you know, stuff like that. Um and and yeah, Milwaukee's twenty six in offensive rating over the last two weeks. Both defenses have been awesome this year and awesome with the last two weeks. Um ninety percent of the money on DraftKings is on the over. So I want to fade, you know, nine out of ten people betting one way, uh, especially in like a prime time spot, especially when you know, a lot of people are gonna be betting through the rap on these games. Um both teams I think I like this one. Both teams are bottom four in defensive turnover rate, right? So they don't turn over a lot of a lot of uh don't force a lot of turnovers, but they're top eight in defensive rebounding rate. So there's like longer possessions that get wrapped up with defensive rebounds, right? So That makes sense. I'm I'm, I'm thinking like you know both these defenses are good, but they don't turn people over, so they're going to keep their def- uh keep the ball hander in front of them, contest the shot, clean up the defensive possession, close it up with a rebound. So a lot of running clock there. I'm thinking um, Milwaukee on the road, averaging 106 points per game, 118 at home. So that's a big fall off or big drop off. Uh, Boston kind of talked about it and summed it up with their. 30th net rating over the offensive rating over the last two weeks. But in December, December, excuse me, Boston scoring 109.5 points per game, 118 for the season. Uh, Their defense actually been playing a little bit better in December, um, only allowing 110 points per game, um, 112 for the season. So I think we're going to get both teams motivated. I think both defenses show up. If Chris Middleton doesn't play, I feel a little bit stronger about that. Obviously Marcus Smart not playing hurts Boston's defense a little bit. Um, But yeah, based on like the longer possessions, them not playing a playing really good defense, not forcing turnovers. It's kind of my favorite angle on the under. So half unit on the under and then like 1.2 units on, on the, on the uh, bucks plus four and, the money line so one unit on the bucks plus four sprinkle point two on the on the money line type thing so
2: yeah i i mean i'm with you i i think it's uh that's probably a better look is the under um i don't know 220 just seems too low to me i think you, you you're getting into that territory where you're gonna be sweating out a bunch of free throws late in the game if it if it does end up close and if it doesn't then you're gonna still get a bunch of people jacking up threes so I prefer the over. I get what you're saying on it all, but uh I don't know. I again some of this stuff is hard to even tell because you don't know who's actually gonna play. Middleton makes a huge difference for all of this stuff too. I mean defense and offense for, for what Milwaukee's trying to do.
0: Sure.
1: Honestly though, for my looks, at least for the Bucks side, like I'd rather Boston beat the shit out of Chicago tomorrow and the Nets beat the shit out of the Bucks. Like I feel good about the Bucks regardless, so it's like if the Bucks look bad and Boston looks horrible, maybe I get Bucks plus five. Like I'm cool with that, you know. Like I'm not gonna I'm not gonna get scared one way or the other. Um, I I prefer that like because I I want a better price that it doesn't happen the opposite way, right?
2: Yeah, yeah, I
1: agree. Um. All right, next game, matchup, rematch of the Western Conference second round series between the Memphis Grizzlies. They are visiting the Golden State Warriors, Sands, Steph Curry. Um, Memphis Grizzlies, I wrote it down as minus three and a half, which is uh, one of my best bets. Grizzlies It is now up to minus four. Uh, Total sitting at 226 and a half. I'll give my uh, rationale for betting the Grizzlies at minus four now. Um, What... What, if anything, do you have in this game?
2: Yeah, so normally I look for Grizzlies in the first half of games. Golden State's actually better at home in uh, the first half, mm-hmm. but uh, I still think I'd probably play the Grizzlies first half and full game in this one um, just because there's no stuff. And it's going to be – I think this is Jaws' first Christmas Day game. I would – we we hit a uh, – John Morant, 12-1, to triple-double the other night against Milwaukee. Saw that. That I put out. I would not be surprised to see him get another one today or on Christmas Day. He lives for these kind of big moments. Like, he wants to be that guy. He wants to be the face of the NBA. John Morant stuff, man, you know, I, I probably will stay away from some of the point totals because I do think this one will get ugly. I I'm all over the Grizzlies to win this game. But uh, I would probably sprinkle on him to um, get a triple double. I would look at his props if they're reasonable. You should probably go for him. The assists, if it's at six and a half, he usually gets seven on the road. Probably would take that. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I I would I would bet I'd bet that the Grizzlies are gonna be able to take this first quarter, first half, full game. I mean, you're talking about them covering probably one, one point in the first quarter, two points in the the half, and then full game. They've they've only really disappointed me like once, and that was this past weekend against Oklahoma City, where they they had like a huge edge, and I think SGA was out of that game for Oklahoma City, and they still just like completely shit the bed, and then Embi- or uh Morant was kicked out of the game, um. So. Grizzlies are typically people you can count on, even if they're not playing the opposing team's star player. And Steph won't be there. Draymond probably won't be there. I, I don't know. Even if he does play, I don't think it really matters. Clay is not the Clay of old. Jordan Poole has not been consistent enough. There's nothing from Golden State other than them being the home team that makes me, like, have confidence in them for this game. They just And, and there have been so many games where they've shown they just don't care. They just showed it last night against Brooklyn. They they didn't care that they were in that game or not. So, yeah, I mean, there is a rest advantage that uh, that Golden State will have, um, but I don't think it, I don't think that'll even matter. I mean, Memphis is going to be playing Phoenix tomorrow and then come there, but this will be Golden State's first game back home after being on the East Coast in Brooklyn. So. There's not there's not much that's saying any reason to take Golden State in this game. So I, I'm all over the Grizzlies.
1: Yeah, I'm with you. It feels square, but I can't help myself. I don't think the betting splits are that lopsided which way or the other. But Golden State without Steph in the lineup this year, one and six straight up. They're losing their average margin is minus seventeen points per game. And those games Steph's got a plus twenty on off adjusted net rating according to cleaning the It's like Top ten in the NBA, he's effectively an NBA M- MVP candidate before he got sidelined by injury uh, last year in their um, in their in their second round matchup. John Morant convincingly outplayed Steph Curry. Like John Morant played three games, Steph Curry played six. If you remember, they lost game one. John Morant missed a uh, a layup. Um, it was contested. Great defense by Clay, but he missed a layup and, and, and could have easily won that game. Otherwise, he outscored Steph thirty-eight to twenty-six. Again, Jaw played three games, Steph played all six. True shooting percentage, Jaw sixty-two, uh Steph fifty-seven. Jaw averaged more rebounds, averaged more assists. And here's the big thing. He averaged three steals per game. Now This has tailed off this year, Memphis's defensive turnover rate, but I think in a fully motivated spot like this against uh, a Golden State team that can't get its head out of its ass, I think that defensive aggressiveness is ratcheted up in this meeting. Golden State really clumsy with the ball, 29th in offensive turnover rate. They're dead last, or excuse me, they allow the most points off of turnovers per game. We've seen it with this team. Even when they were winning, even that year they won 70 games. They just – they give the ball to the other team. They can make up for it with three-point shooting, but, like, that is an issue. That's always been an issue. That's kind of why, like, Chris Paul has played well against them over the years because, like, he can dictate the pace with the ball security stuff. Um, last year in the playoffs, uh, in, their mat- in their meeting, Steph Curry – while he got outplayed by John Morant, he had a plus eight net rating in the series. John Morant had a plus 17 net rating. Again, significantly outplayed Steph Curry. Here's the other players for the Golden State Warriors Clay, minus eight net rating. Poole, minus seven net rating. Draymond, minus 10 net rating. They can't do shit without Steph Curry. We're seeing that right now before our very eyes. Detroit, or Draymond Green calls himself the greatest defensive player ever fart fuck out of here dude no way no way like tim duncan a tim duncan team is never giving up 90 points and in, in, in and in a half they give up 91 to brooklyn that's embarrassing dude that's embarrassing um and grizzlies have a lot more depth like we saw them last year have a winning ats and straight up record without john Morant. i think they had a higher winning percentage without john Morant. now they did not sustainable at whatsoever, and and I think they're two and three without John Morant this year, right? Which makes sense. But the point is, Grizzlies at least know how to play without John Morant. If it ever gets to that point, the Warriors clearly don't know how to play without Steph Curry, right? The one year they right. were without Steph Curry, they got the second pick in the draft. Um, this month, Memphis is plus. The Memphis's bench has got a plus four, uh, my, plus minus which is first in the NBA, Golden State's minus 3.7 uh, bench plus minus, which is the second worst mark in the NBA. We all kind of know that, but that is the actual numbers. Like Memphis, way, way deeper than than the Warriors, especially with Curry and Wiggins injured. I, I actually think Wiggins comes back. It doesn't, it does make a difference. I I, I love the way Wiggins plays for them, but without Steph there, I'll just lay the points. I might end up like doing a, this is so square. I might end up doing a money line parlay with the Grizzlies and Nuggets, but uh, I'm definitely going to lay the points with the Grizzlies one way or the other. So that's my look it it feels square, but I, I I'll pick up, uh, I'll look at the betting splits. Hopefully you have something else to add here, but.
2: Yeah. Just a couple of final touches on this golden state with rest advantage. Like I was talking about three and six against the spread this year uh memphis is five and four with rest disadvantage so could it,
1: could it be like the rest the extra rest is just them thinking like eh, whatever we'll get it together whatever like they just it, I, don't I mean
2: know. It, right now they they if stuff was still in the lineup i do think this would be obviously it'd be a different game but i, I think this would be something to kind of look closer at because um Golden state probably would have still lost that game to Brooklyn last night. And I don't think they would have played most of their players because it was a back-to-back, I believe. Um, But they have spent a lot of this season just kind of being like, ah, it'll be fine. We'll get to the playoffs and then we'll figure it out kind of thing. Um, And I, I mean, you see that with a lot of championship teams, they just don't care as much during the regular season. They're, they're just trying to get back there and get back there healthy. And right now, The Warriors are not healthy. They're trying to develop players. But if you're going to try and tell me that you got, you know, Moses Moody and Jonathan Kaminga out there for 30 minutes a game, I'm going to tell you that the Grizzlies are going to be able to do whatever the hell they want to them. The only way that they wouldn't is motivation. And I don't worry about motivation with Memphis very often. You'd say it's a square look. It is kind of a square look, but sometimes there's some games that that are square games. I mean, more than anything, it bothers me that this isn't a higher number feels like it should be like seven or eight
1: agreed yeah according to vison um 58 of the money and tickets are on memphis so not that square like it's if it were heavily lopsided be like, oh uh-oh. but hey whatever the warriors are getting action yep so yep all right well we're seeing on that one you got anything else or you want to go to the final game
2: um i i would only mention that I kind of hope Memphis loses tomorrow to Phoenix uh, to put extra money on this game. If Memphis loses to Phoenix on the 23rd, Memphis might be a, a max play for me on, on golden state or against golden state.
1: It's like a, how many units do you put on like a max? Five. Gotcha. Okay, cool.
2: Yeah. Cause it, it just, it makes no sense. Like at four points on the road, even against golden state, everything pointing their way. You'd have to tell me that John Morant was sitting out for me to not want want about this one because now you got Wiggins coming back too and Wiggins hasn't played with this lineup or these people. There's literally nothing that points to Golden State being within four points of
1: this game. No, you get agreement here. All right, let's talk about the final game here. um the the uh Phoenix Suns visit the denver visit the Denver nuggets. Phoenix is getting two and a half points. -140 is a money line for Denver plus 120 for the Phoenix Suns. I don't have a lot on this game. This honestly is probably going to be more of a heat check game if I'm running hot in these early NBA uh games. Um and then I'll probably fire I'll probably fire on the Nuggets money line. I don't want to I don't want to fuss the or, Yeah, I don't want to fuss at the points here. Um the Nuggets at home are 10 and 3 with close to a uh a uh, ten plus ten point per game margin. Um, Phoenix on the road is five and nine straight up, six and eight against the spread. They do have a slightly plus point per game margin in those spots, but they're far less um, efficient. And 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 I mean, they're fourteen to four at home, five and nine on the road. So it's we talked about this earlier. It's kind of that simple, right? Like home teams have the edge here, um, and I do think like Nikola Jokic. I I don't think he is the best player on the court, and um, he's been on a heater lately. I could see him just kind of lighting this team up. It's not the strongest, sharpest analysis, but I just I'm gonna heat check it at the end of the night and probably bet the the Denver Nuggets. That's kind of where I'm at. Can you talk me out of that, or are you are you on the same page? How do you how do you feel about it?
2: Um, so this is probably the the second least interesting game to me. Uh, Los Angeles, Dallas is first, but uh, I'm kind of with you. This is a spot that you usually can trust Denver um, because what you can't trust Denver with is laying a big number against bad teams because they don't play very well. They don't play very hard. Um, I read Michael Porter Jr. is supposed to be coming back uh, to play against Portland. He Also, I believe Murray will probably be back as well. If they're both in, I would guess that they probably play on Christmas, but I do think that Denver is a different team without them.
1: Where so, did you read that? I, I read that Michael Porter Jr. was out until No, um, he, he practiced January. today,
2: and then he said he was coming back.
1: Oh, okay, cool.
2: Yeah. Um. It actually went literally in, t- in the span of 10 minutes. It went from... Michael Porter Jr. doubtful for Friday to Michael Porter Jr. said he's going to play.
1: I'm seeing that he, he expects to play. He told reporters that he expects to yeah. play. Yeah, it happened yeah. an hour ago. Okay.
2: All right. So, I mean, you know, again, this is, this doesn't really matter for Christmas Day, but, you know, tomorrow might be a day to try and take Portland because you got guys coming back into the lineup that might throw things off a little bit if Porter Jr. ends up playing. But anyway. Um, you can't trust Phoenix really on the road right now. They got more turmoil turmoil coming. Um, they they just had another video surface of Ayton and uh, Monty Williams getting into another argument. I mean, sure. I uh, I think that it's an interesting game because I do think Phoenix is capable of beating Denver. Uh, Ayton is he's an able enough defender against. Uh, Jokic if he wants to be and bridges can usually put down pretty much anybody he's playing much better offensively. And I think his defense has fallen a little bit this year, but I think they match up fairly well. Um, it's all going to really come down to if, if Phoenix wins, it's because Chris Paul has a good game and Devin Booker goes off and you need those two things to happen. It's the chances are kind of limited. So I think your look is probably right with Denver. Um, but I don't, I don't know that I would get onto this one at all. My initial like, thought when I saw this was 231 is too low. I, it, Denver doesn't play defense at all. So they're going to score. They're really good at scoring, but so can Phoenix be. And uh, I, I do think that this one is probably one that goes over the total.
1: Um, Phoenix... Had a three game win streak snapped Tuesday and a one thirteen to one ten loss to Washington. They are three and six over the last nine games. um Their three wins were against the clippers in l a but the clippers sat everyone for that game. They mm-hmm. beat the New Orleans pelicans one eighteen to one fourteen and what turned into a revenge spot for them because. New Orleans beat them twice, I think, in New Orleans earlier this season, and Devin Booker went fucking nuts. He scored I think fifty eight in that game, which he did. It can happen any game for Devin Booker, but it's like they they pretty much needed all fifty eight of those points. Um, mm-hmm. And that being, they put up one hundred and thirty in the Lakers, so it's kind of like eh, whatever. I don't really care about that. So they're not playing very well coming into this yeah. game. I guess is my takeaway that I I got there in the um in a roundabout way um and to your earlier point like if we have vintage Chris Paul pick and roll action against Love Jokic not a great pick and roll defender not a great defender then then yeah this is going to be trouble just like it was in their playoff matchup a couple years ago but Chris Paul ain't that guy anymore and this is I can't believe I'm going to say this name because I used to hate him but like This is kind of why they got KCP, right? Like they needed a more, uh, a better backcourt defender. Like Aaron, Aaron Gordon is a legit wing defender. They needed a backcourt defender to slow down Steph and clay, slow down Devin Booker, just have an answer for John Moran, a a respectable answer. So that's KCP's role in the system and for this team. And I don't know if it works out in this game, but at least he knows exactly what to do and they have an answer for that shit. Whereas a couple of years ago they didn't. Like Monty Morris, Compazzo, they were just getting destroyed by the Phoenix backcourt. So also, at least according to team rankings, Devin Booker's questionable. Now, he probably plays, but he has been dealing with injury stuff. So I that's right. if he can't go. If he can't get his regular starting minutes or leaves the game or is compromised at all, I don't I don't like Phoenix at all in this spot.
2: Yeah, it didn't make much sense to me. Uh the the path that Phoenix has taken lately with with Booker cuz I don't think he played in the last game. No. Um against Washington. And I don't know if that was just because they didn't feel like they needed him. Did he play against the Lakers? Uh I'll
1: pull it up right now. I have it in front of me. He no, he was out against. No, he's too. out. So he, he just comes. lit up the Pelicans. Yeah. Like, all
2: right, all right, cool. Right. So, I mean, we'll see if he plays tomorrow. If he plays tomorrow, then I would expect him to play on the 25th. But if he doesn't, you know, it still is questionable, and you might want to just grab the Nuggets, and you can always buy out of it if you have to or something, um, or just you know look for a live. But I, I did just look to to see the over under trends as uh, as a home team. Denver is actually like sixty two percent to the under at home, which kind of surprises me. But they, they've also had some really high totals. Like there was one against uh who they play the other day that I bet the over and they lost by one point. I think it was I think it was the Kings that they played against. Um and um, it was like a two forty two two thirty total or something and
1: whatever. Was it the Hornets. Or it was
2: the Hornets, yeah, it was the Hornets, yeah. Yeah, I mean,
1: they scored one thirty two thirty three, combined for two thirty three. Yeah. I think that was and like I, a one, two, what, 234, 235? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, it was because that's, <laughs> so, of course, what I decided. <laughs> yeah. No, that's that's yeah. pretty much my year, too. I get, uh, yeah. I, I, uh, my half point and one point outcomes are probably minus eight in aggregate this year, whereas yeah. last year I was on the, on the fortunate side of that. So that's kind of back to my original point where it's like, I'm, I'm confident So I just got to, you know, yeah, got to get I the lost. ball to bounce my well, way.
2: I, Lost two plays yesterday. Yesterday by a kind combined total of one and a half points. Yep. So, uh, anyways, the and that that Charlotte game against Denver that I was just referring to had forty five points in the first quarter. Then they still scored two hundred and thirty something. So, sure. I mean, I, I do think this game could see it um, as an away team. Phoenix is seven and six, seven six and one to the over. So. Maybe two thirty-one. I need to look into a little bit more. It was just the first thing that stood out to me um, when I when I was looking at it. But you uh, well, the, uh, the you know, there's probably a lot of player props that you can look for for going over. Um, centers do fairly well against Denver, so that might be an option for you because the backup center for um, Denver is DeAndre Ayton, or no, no, no I'm sorry, <laughs> De, uh, DeAndre Jordan. Mm-hmm. And so like if, if Aiden does get minutes against him, he should be able to, you know, do whatever he wants, get as many rebounds points as he wants to. But again, after that last kind of fight in that last game, I'm looking to see how he responds to this next, uh, this next game against Memphis tomorrow night to see. So there's a lot to kind of be determined still too about this, but uh, I'm not trying to be wishy-washy or something with, with any of the listeners, but you know, there's, there's a lot that goes into these bets and, you know, I take a lot of time with the with the handicapping and pride with it, so I don't want to just give something out and be like, "Oh yeah, this is it," and have you deal with it. So,
1: no, right on. Um, well, where can people find you and when you write to lock in your bets, and maybe they can tail you or fade you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And no, profitable fade me do. this year. <laughs>
2: Honestly, do whatever the hell you guys want. To. It's your money. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you can find me at Outkick, writing articles uh, weekly for them, daily for them. Uh, but you can also find me on Twitter, futureprez2024, um, P-R-E-Z. And then uh, I do give out the entire Christmas Day card for beating the Bookie. Um, so we have a newsletter. And if you sign up on beatinthebookie.com, B-E-A-T-I-N, thebookie.com. Um, if you sign up for the newsletter, you'll get the entire list of everything I'm playing last year. I gave out plays and leans. I don't know if I'll do leans this year. Um, I kind of felt like I was forcing some stuff last year and it, you know, it didn't turn into a really profitable card. So I, uh, I think I'm going to just kind of give plays that I really am confident in um, rather than just shoot everything out there just because people want action for Christmas. So.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I know for myself, I got to tighten it up a little bit. So I'm, Like every one of my plays, like I've taken a while. Like I've really examined the game, and I feel like I have the right side of it. So uh, it hasn't worked out for me, but shit, I could say that this time last year. I'm going to turn around. I feel strong about your analysis. I feel like you're going to turn it around, and um, we're gonna we're gonna connect for future NBA podcasts, and it's gonna be. A lot happier around here. I feel good yeah. about that. <laughs> I mean, I, yeah, no. I it's fun talking about this show. I'm not. I don't think yep. any of our. I don't think many of my losing ways came out into my podcasting here. But you know, just shooting you guys straight. It's been rough go of it, and but don't fade me. I'm come coming back, yeah. baby.
2: I agree, I man. I'm I'm still confident. Like I said, I, everything I do. It's not like it hasn't been researched or any of that stuff. There's reasoning behind it. Just sometimes it doesn't go your way. And, Unfortunately, you got to climb out of those holes when you hit them. But when you're hot, you're hot, and when you're not, you're not. So right yeah. now, I just uh, got to get hot again.
1: Well, um, follow follow David at Future Press Twenty Twenty Four on Twitter. Again, check his stuff out at beatennojthebookie dot com. Also, of course, the uh, handicapped stuff daily, like he said for Outkick.com, which is where you can also find my stuff. Please like, share, subscribe, Outkick Bets with me, Jeff Clark. Um, I'm going to be doing an NBA podcast after the first of the year, maybe a little earlier, but I'll be back next week, definitely for an NFL Week 17 breakdown. Probably do some college football stuff, so check that out. Look for that stuff in your in your Apple podcast or Spotify podcast feed. Uh. Merry Christmas. Good luck on all your bets. Merry Christmas to you, Dave.
2: Merry Christmas to you. Merry Christmas to all the listeners. And happy holidays and uh, happy New Year if we don't talk. All
1: right, brother. Have a good one. Thanks for stopping by. Yep. Yep. Anytime. Peace, homies.